Have you ever wondered if the project team had everything they needed to be successful, but still ended up failing miserably? Wait, wait, before you judge that project team, let's uncover the actual hitting management nightmares that could be actually sabotaging your project success. You mind if I uh, share a story with you? So on Wednesday morning, I had scheduled a meeting, super excited because of the fact that we got the team together just to go over the last tidbits of the actual project. I asked a dumb question and I say a dumb question because you know, when you hear the rest of the story, you'll see why it was a dumb question. I said, hey, does everybody have everything that they need to move forward with? If you don't speak now or forever hold your peace. Well, everyone held their peace evidently because no one spoke up. So I said, you know what? Maybe that was too general. So I went to each stakeholder within the project team and I said, excuse me, do you have everything that you need? He nodded. I went to the next one and then the next one and everyone nodded like no one needed anything. And when I said again for clarification, when I define need, do you have the resources that you need to support you? Do you have the budget that was already allocated for your particular area in place? Do you have the technology that we all agreed on to ensure that we're all aligned and moving to the, to the same place? Everyone nodded again and I said, oh, okay, this is, this is too good to be, uh, to be true. So as we uh, get ready to move into the next phase of the project, which is the most important phase of this particular project, um, some things came up missing. What do you mean, ED, some things came up missing? Well, what I mean, family, is, is that, um, well, when I asked John to uh, provide me the report that we would need it from the new system, uh, the new system of the application that we were, were using, John told me, um, I don't have enough storage. Um, John, we just met on Wednesday. Today is Thursday. What do you mean that you don't have enough storage? I just checked with you on Wednesday to see if you had everything you needed. I asked you clarifying questions to see if you had everything you needed. John, what are you telling me here that you don't have enough storage for you to move forward? Well, see, I can't blame John. You see, when I told you family at the beginning of this, I had a dumb question because you see, even though it was the great question, it was a good question. It wasn't a clarifying question, I guess, right? No, what it was is that, see, as the project manager, the leader of that, I should have continually to stay in front of that. No, no, no. I could point fingers and, and put, uh, place the blame game and do all of these things. But at the end of the day, as they would say, or as my mom would say, the buck stops with you, young man. So today's episode is entitled, Are You Sabotaging Your Own Success? Learn from these viral management nightmares. And I do mean nightmares. Family nightmares is something that I hope that you won't have to experience as a project manager, a project coordinator, a program manager, or even in your regular, or even in your personal life. These things that I'm gonna go through, I hope, and I do mean hope. Matter of fact, I pray in hope that you will align with some of these and be ahead of them instead of behind them. Point number one, overestimating time. Listen, family, um, we do this in our personal life as well as, as when you're on a project, sometimes we uh, overestimate time. And what we don't account for is, especially as a project manager, we can get 
so confused and caught up, and I shouldn't even use the word confused, I should say caught up uh, as far as we forget about holidays. You see, with holidays, people like to take a lot of time off. And so what you expected, maybe you talk to your team and say, hey, team, um, in the next month, we have in the upcoming month, we know Thanksgiving is coming up. Is anyone going to be taking off? Here's the calendar. Please make sure you put your time in and let, you know, to let me know to make sure that we can make sure we have someone to cover you. And they'll put their information in and it never fails. We don't, we don't have anyone to cover them because the person that was supposed to be covering them, they're also taking time off. And guess what? They, these two people didn't communicate together, or I should say, have a conversation about who's supposed to be covering who. Again, overestimating time, family. I don't want that to happen to you because that has happened to me before on leading a project. Matter of fact, I want to first personally thank everyone for watching today's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to this insightful stuff around project management and personal development thoughts. Your support really truly means a lot. It doesn't cost you anything to hit that like button. So let's transition to point number two. Lack of, fa uh, lack of flexibility. Ooh wee, boy, oh boy. Uh, family, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, my, my blood pressure, if, if it was a 10, it's at, it's at, a, at, a, at 100. At, okay, how should I break this? The favorite line, if you really want to get under my skin, is say these words right here. We did that last, I mean, we. this is the way we did it last year. Okay, so, but this is a new year, so you think because the way you did it last year is going to be able to align with this year. No. It's a good try. It's a good shot, but no, that's not going to work. See, family, we have to be able to be rigid enough in our planning as well as our executions because if we don't we're going to miss miss opportunities and really not catch unforeseen challenges or challenges that are coming our way we have to have a lack of i mean i should say have, have a lack we have to be flexible so the lack of being flexible and and using terminology like oh we did that last year that way. Well, again, like I stated, this is a new year. So when you run into that family, be cognizant of that. Don't allow people to use that as an excuse in order to move forward to say, well, that's true. We did do that as last year. So, but this year is a different year and this is the new ask. You can see I've been through some things. Point number three, ineffective conflict resolution. I mean, resolution. Hey, listen, family, if, if we continue to sweep things under the rug, eventually the dust or the dirt under the rug is going to get to a pile where no one can walk over the rug. Okay, you don't like that. What I'm saying is, family, is, is that I've seen in projects where the conflict really boils and it boils up to a point where it only takes one little simple thing to really ex have someone explode in which it shouldn't have happened. And the, the fault of that is if you're looking for someone to blame, you have to look at the, the, the leaders that's on that project as well as you need to understand your team. Sometimes your team want, needs to vent and you need to be able to provide them that area, that, that safe place. That's one thing I love about Scrum as far as when it comes to the retrospective aspect of things, you have that ability to be able to vent in a safe place. And when I use the word vent, I mean literally vent of about, hey, this is what we should have done better and we didn't do that. But here's the key thing, here's the key caveat here. 
instead of pointing fingers, the person know who you're talking about. You could literally say, hey, we should we should have we should have updated our project schedule better than what we did. We should we should have had more customer interaction than what we did. And the people that are leading that initiative should be able to be able to key in and say, you know what, and not take it personal. You know, a lot of times, family, a lot of this conflict that does happen is because um, when you do speak of something, someone takes it so personal that you can't grow as a team collectively. And then you find that they, they're quiet. They don't want to speak up. And then if they speak up, they're afraid of what are the re repercussions of that. So. We have to, as leaders of, of, of projects, that we have to create a safe place for people to be able to vent and be able to challenge someone in a professional way. Let me move on because I'll probably drain that point too long. Point number four, neglecting team morale. Listen, if you ever want to, if you ever want to look at a department and look at the turnover, I bet you it'll be because of the lack of commitment that was provided to them. I bet you it was the lack of value that there were, um, that how they were looked upon. I bet you it was the lack of someone just taking the time, a leader taking the time just to meet with them. And I'm not holding all leaders responsible because it also is up to that responsible party as well to bring that information to the table and say, hey, I need help. Hey, I really need you to get me someone to, to support me here because I am just overwhelmed. So it goes both ways. The, the A lot of time of lack of team morale, it, it starts with the individual, but when that individual speaks up and makes their point be known, it's up to the leader to step in and to assist and lead that to a better, I mean, for that morale to improve because you know what the issues are. You know, you know those surveys and I don't know if they do them at every organization is like, hey, fill out these surveys to let us know how we can do better. Um, and I've seen a lot of people feel like, why? It, it, it's not going to change anything. We're going to, they're going to hit on a couple high points, but it's not the root. And a lot of times we get caught up in the surface layer of things instead of focusing in on the root of what is actually going on. Point number five, failing to learn from mistakes. I, I don't know how many times I've seen this where we properly do not take the time to doc document our lessons learned and not at the end, but throughout the whole project. And then when we get to, then when we have a project that may have similarities, we don't go back and revisit those lessons learned. It's like a one and done. And you know, some of the best organizations that I that I've been in, they have project managers get together at the end of the like when they finish a project, and at the let's say near the end of the year, they may get all the project managers and say, "Hey, I want you to get go around the. We're gonna go around the room, and I want to get the top five. I want you guys to give me your top five of lessons learned that you learned in leading that project. And you'll have someone that's documenting that and they'll compile all of those together and create a nice little spreadsheet. And you don't know how valuable that is because when you have that as a reference guide, when you're getting ready, before you even come up against it, you already, you already have a plan in place because that project manager has already took the arrow for you or the bullet for you. That's why I always love what Dan Kennedy says about pioneers. There's pioneers that have already took arrows in their back so that the translation what I got out of that mean is 
you have an opportunity to learn from someone else's mistake or opportunity. Let's move on to point number six, resource allocation. One of the things too, um, when you are a proactive project manager or a proactive stakeholder, you sometimes can be a bottleneck. Um, and when you're a bottleneck, you can end up delaying the project because people are always coming to you, which is a great thing, but you want to create almost like, again, I'm, you know, I'm using, I'm a leverage to scrum framework because I do love it. I may start creating more videos around it because I talk about it so much, but the scrum, scrum framework of creating a self-organized team. And when you are self-organized, you, you set up your team, your stakeholders for success. And this also allows for best practices to in, ensure that you effectively uh, do resource management right. Now, there's sometimes, I always said as part of the triple constraints, and I'm gonna make this plea to PMI if you guys are watching, I still want to have as as part of the triple constraints. I know it probably now we you would have to remix the name or rebrand the name, but resources. I'm learning. I'm, I'm, the more and more I'm, I am learning that uh, as a project manager, sometimes you have to do you have to do a lot more with less, and still deliver the same result. And so, resource constraints can they can be huge. They literally can make or break your project when you don't have. Uh, enough resources and watch this family, not just enough, but resources that know what they're doing. <laughs> I'll leave that alone. That's for another video. Point number seven, resistant to change. You know, it, it's one of those things where when something works the first time, I've noticed people will use it over and over and over again, and they're ignoring the market trend. They're ignoring that this method may potentially be outdated. They're ignoring the new technology that are maybe that are on the actual, that's on the plan for it. For instance, with AI, like literally now AI, you can build a project schedule with AI. That's crazy. But do you know, do you think most project managers would leverage it? No. Because they may think, oh, well, that's taken away from their job. No, it should be adding value to you by building out, by being able to use a tool and being able to update your project schedule by just feeding it, it some information, just like if you were to do it any other time. But why that while it was working really fast and building that project schedule for you, you can be focusing on other areas within your project. We have to learn how to use these tools and not let these tools use us. Listen, I always say when you as a project manager, you need to be you need to build a what I call a toolbox. Because a toolbox means you don't need to know that tool from beginning to end. This is just my opinion, subject, you know, this is just my opinion again. And the reason why I say that is because uh, when I first got started, it was Microsoft Project. That's all I heard, Microsoft Project, Microsoft Project. And then I start navigating into other type of tools like smart sheets or or leveraging like a like an Asana to build out a project schedule or a milestone chart. So you need to be good enough to be able to navigate through there. But you always have to be ready if you let's say you went to another organization or your department brought in new technology, having the ability and uh, to be able to make a change and not feel uncomfortable, even though you're uncomfortable. You'll you catch what I'm dropping in a minute. Point number eight, micromanagement. Hey, listen, excessive control stifles the team creativity, autonomy, 
and leading to demotivation and decreased productivity. I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell you about me. I don't like to be micromanaged, period, point blank, crystal clear. Uh, I'll send you the memo. You'll get it tomorrow. But seriously, family, the reason why is, is because when someone is, and this is again, my opinion, when someone is micromanaging you, there's a lack of trust, or they may have been, um, they may have counted on one of their direct reports and they didn't deliver, even though they said they were, uh, that's something that may be deeper than you, but you are feeling the effects of it because they're like, well, listen, that won't happen to me again. I won't allow someone to, um, to do me wrong like that because they may have felt like they got done wrong. Instead of saying, here's the task and then I'll come back to verify what you've done. Now, there's nothing wrong with verification. We should always be verifi uh, verified. But as far as you standing over me and constantly checking in, and I told you this is the date I'm going to have it, it's that's the date that you'll get it. And if I'm able to do it earlier, then I will get it to you earlier. But the point of it is, family, when you are being micromanaged, there's a lack of trust. And that trust, you're going to have to build up and you're going to have to regain that trust, even if it wasn't something you did. Unfortunately, it's just that's just how it goes, family. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Family, please, and I do mean please. I'm on my James Brown, baby, baby, please, baby, please. Stop getting in your own way and sabotaging your project. Stop allowing stakeholders to get in their own way and sabotage the project. If, if there's some questions or some concerns where they're not understanding, like if you're asking them, you're in a meeting, like I told you in the story, and you still have some uneasies about, or the, you know, your intuition is kind of kicking in. You're like, man, I really don't believe they they have what they say they have. So. I'm going to I'm going to continue to check in with them just to make sure and I promise you 9 times out of 10 with that intuition you'll probably be right and unfortunately you're like well why you didn't say anything in the meeting and they'll be like oh well you know I thought we would have been good and they'll give you a whole a slew of excuses. So family, I, I implore you, I challenge you to not allow you or your stakeholders to get in your their, your own way, or I should say your guys' way of being successful and delivering and executing on an amazing project. You know my name. I go by the name of ED for all you smart and intelligent folks out there. That just simply means, and to, you know my slogan, you know what we do here. We just go ahead and I'm out.